Beatrice Spills the Beans on Codependency is a codependency recovery, emotional awareness, and exploration podcast. B is a mom, social worker, and recovering codependent, creating a space for like-minded people who have similar experiences to help empower and cheer each other on. Join B on her journey with emotional exploration. Today's episode is about hashtag vulnerability. I have noticed that I use this word a ton, so I thought it might be a good idea to explain what the word means and where I found out about vulnerability. I was first introduced to vulnerability by the social work queen herself, Brene Brown. Shout out to Brene Brown, a qualitative researcher, social worker, and known for her research on vulnerability. She wrote a book about vulnerability called Daring Greatly. Daring Greatly was the second book my therapist recommended to me on my journey of self-discovery. Shout out to my therapist! As always, I went to Audible to purchase the book Daring Greatly so I could listen to it while getting my long list of things to do done. If you are interested in learning more about vulnerability after hearing this episode, my friends over at Audible are offering a free 30-day trial that includes one audiobook to any Beatrice Spills the Beans listener. Take advantage of the offer and get a head start learning about vulnerability for yourself at audibletrial.com beans with a capital B. Again, that's audibletrial.com beans with a capital B. So let's get started. I thought I'd just start out with the first thing that I learned from the book Daring Greatly that I mentioned in the intro. Daring Greatly is the second book that my therapist gave me on my journey, the first one being Codependent No More. And what I learned about vulnerability is that I have always felt that I didn't really know that other people didn't like being vulnerable, but I think I talked about this before where I would trust people that I shouldn't trust and I would want instant connections and so I would be overly vulnerable. And when I'm overly vulnerable, I get what they call a vulnerability hangover. So have you ever gone over to a friend's house and you just feel so comfortable that you say all of these things that you weren't expecting to say and you just lay it all out there and pour your heart out and then you spend the next two days regretting that you shared too much or you shared so much with that person that you don't know what came over you. Well, that was my life. I didn't know how to communicate my feelings or who was safe to communicate with. I didn't have a really good radar of who had my best interests at heart or not. And I grew up in a family of origin where there were certain people who I would tell things to and they would use it against me. And that's something that I took in my first marriage with my husband was that I would open up to him and tell him things and he would use it in a calculated way. He would basically blackmail me and take my words and twist it to make me sound like an evil person. And so I think that when I was in therapy that she had me read that book because I was a little too vulnerable. I was vulnerable with people who weren't safe. I hadn't worked through any of my trauma, so I didn't have a good radar of who was safe and who was not. At that time, I didn't know how to listen to my intuition, and I think that this book was the first step to learning how to listen to my intuition, but it also showed me a lot of gifts that I naturally have from the trauma I experienced. I think that 
I went through a lot of situations that were that forced me to be very resilient and my resilience uh, made it where I was comfortable to be vulnerable and I just really embraced vulnerability finding my own inner self and as I've stated before I was an empty shell when I left my husband or when my husband left me and I didn't get the chance to find who I was before I met him and I just wanted to be whatever he needed me to be so I had to find my authentic self and you can't have authenticity without vulnerability on my journey to find my authentic self I was able to cultivate my vulnerability in a more real way the analogy that Brene talks about is the marble jar analogy and she talks about how in her daughter's class the teacher used a marble jar and as they were being good and had good behavior they would fill up the marbles and if they were bad they would take out marbles so it was kind of a visualization of how they were behaving in the classroom and if the jar got full they would get a prize like a pizza party or something like that that analogy changed my life because i realized that i was traumatizing people i mean before this podcast way before this podcast i was putting my vulnerabilities on everyone because if you don't make time for your healing and trauma and your grief you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to control when it comes out and so i would be at work crying and throwing a fit and having anxiety and it could ruin my whole day and everybody at work knew all of my issues which i still uh, I still probably overshare, but I definitely don't share as much as I used to. And I think I'm more aware that my stories affect other people as well. And I can't just unload on people like they're my therapist. And that was something that I thought, I thought that was completely normal, I guess. And so the marble jar for me <clears throat> was to help me from getting the, what Brene calls a vulnerability hangover and regretting that I overshared and it taught me how to be healthier about who I share with and to listen to my intuition and to be it also taught me to be aware and present and to notice when people are sharing vulnerabilities with me and let relationships grow naturally and not I guess I was trauma bonding people to me I was it's interesting because right now as I'm talking about it, I'm thinking that is really unhealthy, but I, I haven't really analyzed that behavior before. But if you can be that open so early on in a friendship with people, it makes you feel even more unsafe and it's shameful. It makes you feel shame. Let's get into what vulnerability looks like and ways that you know if you're on the right path of vulnerability versus what the opposite of vulnerability looks like. Anatomically, what's happening in the brain is that the amygdala, which is the almond-shaped set of neurons located in the medial temporal lobe of the brain, could be stuck in reactive mode, and this plays a key role in the processing of emotions. So some people who have grown up in situations where they had a lot of traumatic experiences or simply didn't feel safe to be vulnerable in their home could get the amygdala to be stuck and 
put them in reactive mode, which means that your brain, it's going to take a lot of rewiring. And I know that sounds like a big job, but you can rewire your brain with meditation. There's a lot of studies out there that show that the brain is able to be rewired and you're able to overcome these things that have created you to have issues in your brain. Vulnerability is worthiness and it's worthy being worthy of love and the opposite is perfection the opposite of vulnerability is shame so when someone's in shame they can't be vulnerable it blocks them from being vulnerable because they're in their shame cycle i'll do an episode on shame down the road i've probably i think i know i've used that word and i talk about shame a lot there's three aspects of vulnerability Courage, compassion, and connection. What courage looks like to me is courage is getting in front of this microphone and pouring my heart out and being my authentic self, which is I'm making connections with people, which connection is the result of being authentic and cultivating authentic relationships and being authentic to yourself. And without vulnerability, you cannot have connection. Let's get into how I found my authenticity by being vulnerable. So I, the way I got started with this podcast was initially I thought I wanted to write a blog, but I just couldn't take the time to write out the words. And then I just don't feel like punctuation is really my thing. And so I was, I was always subconscious about how I wrote. And so I didn't really blog like I wanted to. And I consume podcasts like crazy. So I've always liked that platform and I enjoy it for myself. I'm listening to podcasts all the time when I'm working or working on things around the house. I was, ever since I started my journey of self-discovery, I'd always be posting quotes with long messages on my Facebook or on Instagram and I would get a vulnerability hangover every time I did it. So I would write it out and it would feel so good, but it was going to all the people I went to high school with. And I would see people in the grocery store when I'd go back home and they would bring up something I posted and how real it was. But it made me feel like I'm not trying to just share it with. It's interesting because I didn't feel like it was fulfilling to me. And I felt like I'd have a vulnerability hangover when people bring it up and I thought it was kind of doing the opposite of what I wanted. I was putting my vulnerability into an empty marble jar because there was no response back. At some point, I just stopped posting those posts altogether. But then I realized that it was very cathartic for me to post those and to write something about the quotes that I really resonated with. And so I decided to start just an Instagram just for my posts and that way people could join that Instagram page if they liked the posts that I had and they don't have to just see it if they don't want to see it or read about my trauma or my experiences if they don't want to read about it and I'm not just throwing my vulnerability out there to everyone and as I was doing the Instagram it was just kind of like an easy way for me to blog And then I discovered codependency podcasts, and when I was listening to it, I was like, you know, I really feel like it would be good for me to share my story. And ever since I learned about vulnerability and courage and compassion, 
I always had compassion and I've always had a gift of connection, but I never knew the right time to share things. And the Instagram page was really freeing for me because it was an outlet that I had people can come to and they can reap the benefits of my healing journey. And it's like a online diary that I can go back to. And it also, because I over-explain everything and I over-talk, the Instagram also helped me to be a little more concise and to get my feelings in a small summary because I don't think people want to read 10 pages and I don't want to type 10 pages. Once I saw that there were codependency podcasts out there, I got the idea that maybe I should start a podcast. And I was so scared. That fear, every time I feel fear to do something, I have learned that that's the way I want to go. So when I feel fear, I want to challenge myself to embrace that fear and see what's on the other side of it. Because most of the time when I'm putting myself in an uncomfortable situation, growth happens. And let me tell you, has growth happened? I think I'm in a second spiritual awakening. Starting this podcast feels a lot like when I went through my divorce. I feel more spiritually connected than ever. I feel like I'm being divinely guided on this journey. I'm noticing that I come into this closet that I'm in and I just start talking and I just get this high from sharing. And then I, I do my own editing, which I don't know if I could ever give it up because it, it's there's something really healing for me to hear my story over and over as I'm editing. And then I'm mulling it over and I feel like that's really the only way I can get it through my brain. So it's interesting because I learn all of these things, but I mean, I guess what I'm doing is I'm solidifying in my brain the things I've learned about, and it's giving me a new understanding and new perspective of things, and it's changing my life. I think since I started this podcast, I'm a better wife, a better mother, a better daughter, and I think I'm becoming even more and more authentic to myself. But the vulnerability hangover the first few episodes of this podcast, I was not expecting the shame that was going to come from that. What Brene kind of talks about is that, and she did research for years on vulnerability. And the Daring Greatly book is all about her research on the topic. And she says that people who are in deep shame cannot connect and they cannot experience vulnerability. And unfortunately, a lot of my family from my family of origin really struggle with vulnerability because even though courage, connection, and compassion sound like, well, to me, they sound like easy things on paper, it is hard to live authentically, especially as a codependent who has been a chameleon my whole life and I just make myself whatever people want me to be because that's the safest thing to do. And the podcast has brought up a lot of issues of my own shame in areas that I've been scared to be vulnerable. For example, I have had to learn how to use my voice to stick up for people. I used to stick up for people in areas that weren't about me or didn't involve me, I would try to stick up for them when they felt hurt by their own feelings. They would tell me their feelings and then I would stick up for them. And now I've learned to stick up for people when I feel like things aren't right. So for example, I was playing video games with my husband's friends and they called him a little B word. 
And I told them, you can call him that, but don't call him that when I'm around. And I ended up being in a situation where I was berated for a half hour about how I am a controlling and terrible wife. And I was really angry about that for a long time. And it took me a lot of digging to realize that I was being vulnerable by setting that boundary and not just going with the flow because I'm so scared of people lashing out at me that I just close down and I just be whatever they want me to be in the past. And so me using my voice and having courage and compassion to protect someone that I love, even though they probably didn't mean anything about it and they were joking, I didn't want them to think that it was healthy to talk like that in front of me. And I wouldn't want my husband to put up with that either. When I'm really vulnerable with people who are not safe to be vulnerable with and they don't know how to be vulnerable, sometimes it's met with like triggered rage and outbursts. And even this weekend I went and visited my parents and my dad was on, he was so well behaved that I thought that maybe I had made up all of the issues that I have towards him and all of the hurt. And so I got vulnerable with him and I asked him to look me in the eyes and I told him, I need you and I love you. And I feel like, I feel like it was so painful for him to hear that because people don't normally get on that level with him because he's not used to that type of deep connection because he usually is having conversations. There's nothing below the surface. And I almost think that I'm learning that I need to be able to, especially as a social worker, if people can't be vulnerable, I can show them compassion, but I need to say it on a level that isn't insulting. I did hear one time that people who don't get compliments and don't feel worthy, that when you tell them that they're worthy and you give them deep connection, it hurts them because it opens wounds for them and then they don't know how to react. And I totally saw that on my dad's face this weekend. And then he ended up going ballistic over some silly thing and making me feel less than. And in the moment, I was really, really hurt because I was vulnerable. And I went in there being vulnerable with expectations, which was my mistake. But also, I really felt like it was going to be different this time. And I think that he, and I'm pretty, you know, I don't know because I don't, I can't talk for him, but it, after thinking about it, I, I feel like he was so uncomfortable with how vulnerable I was and that he couldn't connect with me on that level. That kind of goes with the whole confusing love with chaos thing. Thank you for tuning in today. And if you resonated with anything on this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at codependency at BeatriceSpillsTheBeans.com. And if you benefited from anything I talked about, I would really love if you send some love my way by doing a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That is so helpful to me to be able to keep sharing my journey If you have a few moments, I would love to get a review from you. Thank you for joining me. And I just want to say the light in me honors the light in you. And remember that awareness sparks growth, my friends. See you next time.